0: When a pastor went to visit a church member who believed they didn't need church anymore, he found them sitting by a fireplace. He asked about his absence from services, and the parishioner replied, I think I can worship as well alone as at church. Besides, my relationship with God is between me and God. After reflecting a moment, the pastor took the fireplace tongs, lifted a live coal from the fire, and set it down at the side of the grate. As they watched, its color turned to gray, and the heat slowly died. The church member got the point. After a pause, he said, I'll be in church Sunday. What happened to this coal? Why did it burn out? Why did it lose its heat? It's simple, right? It was alone. It was alone. It was outside the community of other coal. The other coals kept that coal hot. It was impossible for that one coal to keep burning on its own. The coal was meant to be in a community of other coals. This is the picture of many Christians. There are so many Christians in 2020 alone that have left the community of coals. And the results are similar. They burn for a bit, but they quickly give out. Why? Friends, hear me and hear me clear. God has made us, like coals, dependent on each other to stay spiritually hot. Let me say it again. Don't want that to miss you. God has made us, that is you, sitting before me right now, listening to me on Facebook God has made us like coals, dependent on each other to stay spiritually hot. When we neglect to gather together, we become gray and ashy. That's an ugly picture. <laughs> A dusty coal. <clears throat> oh, man, that's what happens to your spiritual walk. You become, you become ashy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was trying to stay serious, D. I, I just... Stuff getting my head and takes me down there, Christy. I'll be trying to bring it back. But, I mean, just imagine, you know, Mike, your spiritual life, an ashy cold, man. <laughs> you don't want to be no dusty cold, man. Oh, man. All right, bring it back in. I watch people leave church community only to slip back into their old habits. I watch people abandon church community only to be lost. My hope is that this sermon, I'm just going to lay my cards on the table, is that this sermon will, A, encourage you to stay in community, and B, to grab you who are running away back into community. I want to preach from this thought. Let's, let's stay together. Let's stay together. If you want to get the thrust of this text, you got to understand the context. Our text is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and... And one of the things that you're going to notice is that in context, the writer is ultimately telling us how to stay saved. He's telling us how to stay saved. Not that I believe that you can lose your salvation. I don't have time to unpack all of that. But ultimately, it is is the grace of God that keeps us believing in Jesus every day. If you wake up a believer tomorrow, it is ultimately... Because of the grace of God. If you don't throw your faith away tomorrow, it is because God is faithful, not because you are faithful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are some things that I'd have made you walk away from this Christian walk a long time ago. And when you begin to analyze your entire situation, the thing that you walk away with is, but God. But God has kept me. But God has graciously been with me. But God graciously uses various things to keep our faith high so that we will not burn out. God graciously uses other things to keep our faith hot, that we may not burn out like that coal. One of God's means of grace, you don't write this down, to keep us safe is other believers. I know that's hard for some of y'all because there's some folks that you don't like. But one of God's ways of keeping you saved, keeping you hot, is other believers. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. We must rediscover that Christianity is more community than it is individual. Christianity is more community than it is individual. That's why a bad side Baptist does not work. The Bible assumes that you're going to be in community. The Bible very rarely argues for Christians to be in community. It assumes that you'll be in community. The modern world has greatly expanded the scope of individual freedom and choice. And on the whole, this has been an enormous blessing, I must say. Before modern times, you were required to worship in the state church, Do the job your father did, marry the person your parents picked and obey whatever rules came to the throne. The modern world has thrown off these dehumanizing constraints, choosing instead to honor the dignity of the human person by allowing us to attend the churches we really believe in. Do the job we're called to. Marry the person right for us. Amen, somebody. Let me say it again. Marry the person right for us. Y'all all right? Y'all all alright You right. say, Pastor, I got something to say. No, you don't. <laughs> and vote for rulers who we, that, that will be held accountable to us. I'm with all of that. I'm down with all of that. I'm digging all of that. I get down with every last bit of that. But we have taken it too far. If we think we can walk this Christian life without the church, You have gone too far in your individualistic thinking if you think for a moment that you are strong enough, big enough, mighty enough to walk this Christian life all by yourself. Our passage today, oh yes, the Bible encourages us to stay together in order to stay hot. Let me read the text to you again just so that you see it for yourself. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Here's my first point. We are to consider our family. One of the greatest blessings of salvation is the family of God. Some of you may say, I beg to differ. But it is one of the greatest blessings God has ever given you. Now, I know some of us struggle with what I just said, but one of the things that excites us about joining something is joining others. One of the things that excites us about joining something is joining others. People who want to become a delta are not just excited about being a delta, but being a delta with others. Right, Sarah? You know a little bit about this, right? Right? It's all about joining somebody. Who wants to be a delta if there's no other deltas? Who wants to be a Sox fan if there's no other Sox fans? Yeah, I'd be by myself. I'm not going with the Cubs. Yeah, I'd stand alone if I got to. Bad analogy, pastor. I tallow. <laughs> now, one of the things I've observed about those who are deltas is they, they consider each other. What does it mean to consider someone? It means to give attention to. It means to fix our attention upon, to give continuous care, to watch over. This, this is how we are supposed to care for one another. But let me be a little bit more precise. The word consider, let us consider how to, is used one other time in this book, Hebrews 3.1, where the writer says, consider Jesus. This is, look at him. Think about him. Focus on him. Study him. Let your mind be occupied with him. Jesus ought to be on your mind 24-7. In other words, the writer is saying, I don't want you to just read your Bible. I want you to study your Bible. And after you study your Bible, I want you to meditate on your Bible. I want you to meditate on your Bible so much that you feel Jesus is right there with you. Too many times, too many of us, we read our Bibles, but we don't get acquainted with the Savior, get to know the Savior, walk with the Savior, talk to the Savior, so that when a situation comes by, we leave the Savior because we don't know the Savior. Friends, I'm talking about getting acquainted with Jesus. When he says, consider him, he's talking about locking in on him. Knowing him. Abiding with him. Jesus is the direct object of the verb consider. Consider Jesus. Consider what? Consider Jesus. Well, in Hebrews 10, 24, the grammar is the same. The direct object of the word consider Is now one another. Do you see it? I need that to sit on you. I need you to feel this. Because if you don't see this, you're going to walk out of here with an individualistic mindset in regards to your Christianity. I need you to feel the weight of this text in your soul. Christianity is not about you showing up to church and being acquainted with your little ESV study Bible all by yourself. God is calling you to more than that. And as your pastor, I want to drive you to a biblical understanding. Consider one another. This is heavy. This is big. This is paradigm shifting here. Literally, it says, consider one another. Preach to us. Look at Hebrews. This means more than just going to church. The Bible is calling us to do more than just show up to church. Ah. It's calling us to do more than show up to church and leave. Oh man, God wants so much more. It's more than just being around each other. It's more than just being in the same room together. If we if that's all we do, we will be spiritually cold, Christians, gray and dusty. Sorry, didn't mean to bring that illustration up again. <laughs> having trouble with that illustration. This is the problem with many romantic relationships. I find this problem in marriage and in dating relationships. The marriage in particular loses its heat because one person is not considering the other or both. This is what it looks like to consider. It means to focus, to study, allowing their mind to be occupied with the person they fell in love with. Relationships go south when we think we are loving someone because we are around them. Girl, what you mean we didn't spend time together? I was at home today. She tripping, Pastor? I've been working. I came home. What's good? Why you tripping? Because you're not considering her. That's not a relationship that's neglect, that's ignoring. And what's the result? We become two gray, dusty coals in the house together. No heat, no fire, the thrill is gone. That's a song somewhere. (laughs) There's no heat in the relationship because there's no considering in the relationship. There's no focusing. There's no studying. We have become occupied with something, and sometimes that something is me. And this is not always another person that we're preoccupied with. This can be sports. This can be friends. This could be shopping. This can be TV. This can be children. This can be social media. Let me explain quality time to you guys. Quality time is not being around that person. It's part of it, but it's not all of it. Even if you go out to eat with that person, quality time in a relationship is when your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend is the direct object of focus. They're the reason you're there. They're the reason for the season. I mean, your face is fixed on them. This time right here is about us. We're not talking about bills. We're not talking about other relationships. We're here talking about me and you, girl. And before we leave, we're going to be two hot burning coals. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, have you married? Now, have you not married now? Nah. I said, li- listen, I told them if they're not married now, nah. Paul said it's better to marry than to burn. (laughs) the fire get too hot. Y'all come see me. We'll work some things out. You won't be the first people I marry. (laughs) But they're the direct object. When you fix your mind on them, give them continual care, not bills, not kids, not sports, not your phone or your social media. Instead, you are focusing and studying them. You came to the table to learn and discover more about them. You like update me on you, girl. I need to know what's going on with you. I need need to know what's up. We living together. I got to know you. Vice versa. Same thing, ladies. Your man, you got to know your man, right? Y'all not going to say amen? Okay. 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 You got to know him. Fellas, you got to know your lady. That's what you call considering. Now God wants us To look, think about, and focus and study other believers, not just be around them. Now, that may sound creepy to some of us because you don't want people looking and thinking and focusing about you. You said, well, Pastor, it depends on who it is. Looking and focusing. No, I'm just playing. I'm just messing with y'all. Obviously, this is not in a romantic way. Unfortunately, many are neglecting this essential biblical mandate The church is suffering as a result because we are not considering one another. We don't fix our attention and watch over each other. We just come because we got to go to church today. It makes me feel good. Why are you coming to church if you're not going to be considering other believers? We just come around each other. Good to see you. How you doing? What's up? What's good? And keep it moving. No, I need to know what's going on with you, brother. I need to know what's going on with you, sister. This is a mandate from the Lord. Literally, this is God's call on us to consider one another. This is God's calling on your life to consider one another. That is to look at one another, think about one another, focus on one another, study one another, let your mind be occupied with one another. And the goal of this focus on others is to think of ways of stimulating them to love in good deeds. Bringing me to my next point. We are to challenge our family not only consider our family, but we are to challenge our family. Look at the verse. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love in what? In good works. All right. Now y'all gonna get real uncomfortable now because this is really about to challenge y'all. All right. If you haven't been challenged already, I'm about to dig a little bit deeper. Now, that word stir, y'all seen Angie doing it with that chocolate milk. Make sure y'all put that in the fridge. I'm going to eat that afterwards. Now That word stir is interesting. It's a very interesting word. You'll be glad that I did my homework. It means to urge. It means to sharpen. It means to incite. It means to stimulate, provoke, be a positive uh, irritant. What usually is the case in the church when people provoke or irritate you? What's the usual case? That somebody provoke or irritates you, huh? You ain't as godly as people think that you are. How many of y'all not as nice as people think that you are? No, raise your hand. But usually if somebody irritates you, it ain't usually nice. You get on my nerves too much. I may have to throw these hands, bro. Not these hands. These hands. I don't usually like to throw these hands, but every now and again, you take me from this mic to this. <laughs> you don't want to see this. You want to see this. I don't even know why people like to bother me like that. You know you don't want to see Why you want to see these right here? <laughs> when somebody irritates us, anybody ever got on your nerves? I'm talking about got on your nerves, nerves. Anybody ever had your Christianity tested? I'm talking about tested. I'm, I'm, talk, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about that kind of test. When you walk away from it and you didn't do nothing, you show nothing. No, you saved. I didn't know I was saved until I left that situation. Not, no, no, not that I left the situation, but that they left the situation. I, I know I'm saved. Feel with the Holy Ghost, baptized three or four, five times. I know I'm gonna see heaven. But this is not the kind of irritation that he's talking about. In this case, he's talking about being a positive irritant. We are to provoke each other in a good way, not a negative way. We provoke and irritate each other until something positive comes out. Let me teach this thing. That's how oysters are made, right? It grows a pearl from an irritant. That's how pearls are made. A a piece of sand usually gets caught in the mouth of the oyster, and the oyster supplies a nars and surrounds it. Making something beautiful out of the very object that irritated it. The thing that got into the mouth of the oyster is now the very thing that that the oyster uses in order to make something beautiful. The Bible is saying, be that piece of sand in the life of other people. Allowing the Holy Spirit to provide, to, to, to provide the nurse of love by, by, by gradually bring, bringing layers of love around that person. So what does it mean to be that sin? What does it look like to be that irritant in someone's life? If you're struggling with sin, I'm here to help you. Osborne goes on to say, if you're defending your sin, I'm here to challenge you. Oh, yeah, this is community right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know why some people love to slip in and out of church? without being seen. You know why some people like to stay in the background? The reason is because we don't want to be challenged, because we don't want to change. And as long as I can stay in the background, I can get as much God as I need to without God getting close enough, without His people getting close enough that I can hide behind my sin. I can hide behind all the ugly stuff. And that's why we like to get in and out of church. But when you get to a place where you say, I'm tired of playing church, I'm tired of playing gang, I'm tired of being the say, all of a sudden, you need brothers and sisters to come into your life and say, I need you to be an irritant in my life, because I got some stuff that I've been dealing with. I got skeletons in my closet that I can't overcome, so I'm going to open myself up. I need you to come into my life. I need you to check on me, call on me, and ask me, how you doing in this area, brother? How you been walking, sister? When you really get past just playing church and you really start Desiring God You stop running from the church And start being a part of the church I need irritants in my life I need people To provoke me to goodness Because if you're like me If I can be honest Sometimes I'm scared of me I'm scared of what I see In my heart sometimes Yeah, 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 yeah Can I be real? I'm scared of some of the stuff that I'm inclined to. hmm I see some stuff in Dexter Harris that I know that is not godly. And I know good and well. If left alone to the things in my heart, I am a man that is done for. So I need brothers to come around me that I can open up my life to and say, brothers, I got some struggles deep down on the inside of me. It's been tempting me. It's been doing all- And my brothers come around me, and they push me to be better. How many people want to be better in this place? No, no, no. Better. I want to be better. I want to be the same dude, man. No, 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 no. I don't want to be. Too many of you trust yourself too much. You ain't ain't growing up until you stop trusting yourself too much. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about uh, on the outside, it looks like you are right. You're standing up on the outside. But the things that you're struggling with got you bent over on the inside. Nobody knows about it. Nobody knows because you have become very, very good at doing church. Some of us, we got a Ph.D. in doing church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We can run with the best of them. But when the Holy Spirit begins to do his work, you will call out for help. You will ask for accountability. See, I learned this even even in counseling, right? A lot of married people, they they, they got this thing. It irritates me, right? The best person that can hold them accountable is their own spouse. They want to give them no access to their phone. No access to their social media. And then the argument that they use is that you don't trust me. And my thing is like you trust you? You trust you. Oh man, you must be a bad boy. You bet you better you. You better than David. You better than Samson. Right? And usually it's a bunch of malarkey. It is. It's usually what happens, right? But when you want to be right and walk in the light, you want people around you. You want those irritants. How do we know when we are producing pearls around us? How do we know when we are producing pearls in the church? Look at what it says. And let us consider. I'm glad that it it gave us direction. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love Love. in good works. We will see two things. These are the pearls of the church. Love in good works. Consider, consider. What comes out of that is love and good works. Deeper love. Love is infectious, right? And how can I help these people become more loving people? That's the kind of irritant that I want to be. This is kind of how I want to aggravate your life. I want to cause you. I'm going to, I, I want to God to use my life to press upon you this desire to be more loving. Have you ever said, "Man, I want to love in such a way that it challenged those around me to be more loving"? Yeah. Have you ever been around someone who was so loving you couldn't stand to be unloving? I'm talking about like this person, like super loving, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean so loving you couldn't stand to be unloving yourself. You was like, "Man, you forgiving cats like that? Man, I got to do you got I got to do better." People doing wrong and they loving them, you like, oh my goodness, I got to do better. If you ain't got no people like that in your life, you need to get some folks like that in your life. I'm talking about some people that, 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 that I mean I mean like it's bothering you all night. Like, like Joe over here being a real for real Christian. I need to get myself together. You didn't cuss them out. Man, I got to get my tongue together. You ain't angry about that. Man, I gotta get my anger together. Right? Those are the kind of people God wants us around to help push us to be more loving people. That person was being a positive irritant in your life. Their loving nature provoked you to become more loving, more forgiving, loving your enemies. Literally, that's how pearls are made. The sand literally irritates the cells inside of the oyster, and something good comes of it. Did you know that some pearls have been sold? For $1.5 billion, (laughs) $1.5, we want our brothers and sisters to be pearls of love, and those are priceless because they are hard to find. You know how hard it is to find loving people? You know how hard it is? I'm talking about genuine loving people. You know how hard that is? You barely find it in yourself. It is hard to find genuine loving people. But you know the the, the place where people should find it the most? In the church. And the only way they're going to find it in the church is if we're truly being a community. We are not going to become loving people on our own. You need some folks that will irritate you in a positive way. People should not walk in the church and love should never be scarce should be pearls all over the place. Love all over the place. People should be able to find rare pearls in church. I don't know about you, but when people touch my life, I want them to see the love of Jesus. Isn't this Jesus? Isn't this Jesus being that loving irritant? Isn't this what Christ did? Do you remember when he washed the feet of his disciples? Remember when he got down and he washed their feet? I'm talking about the Savior of the world. I'm talking about the creator of everything. I'm talking about the one who opens his mouth and things happen. I'm talking about the one who has neither beginning nor end. I'm talking about the eternal God, the I am, the one who takes a lunchable and feed 5,000, who heals the blind, who opens up deaf ears. This God gets down on his knees and he washes his disciples' feet. But what is he trying to do? He's trying to provoke them to be loving. He says, now watch me. I'm going to get down on my feet. I'm going to get down on my knees. I'm going to wash your feet, and then you're going to turn around, and you're going to do the same thing. Jesus was being a positive irritant. And this is what we are called to do. But not only does the verse says, uh, provoke one another to love, it also says, provoke one another to good works, dedicated labor. Let's face it. There are some people in the church who will never give, who will never be faithful and never do a single thing for the church or for God as long as they live. There are some that will never serve the poor and the marginalized. However, there are some with a sincere desire to be a blessing in the church. As others work, they are challenged to do more for God. This is more than joining the band, serving in children's church, but laying down your life for the voiceless using those extra rooms in your house to house other people. Okay, now I'm in your front room. Okay, y'all thought I was going to talk about singing on the worship team. No, we're going to go beyond that. We're talking about getting up in your crib. Right? Being generous. Maybe giving up. Watch this. Maybe giving up a vacation to bless a family who cannot find rent. Oh, man, that's hard, Pastor. Uh-oh. Give up a vacation? No, 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 for real. Let this sit. We're talking about being real. We are to stir each other to good works. Have you ever been around someone who is always doing good that it challenges you to do good? I mean, you literally say to yourself, I need to be better in doing more. Believers stay spiritually hot by sharing heat. Like coals, we can't share heat if we are not around each other. So the writer says this we are to stay together. Watch the verse, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Okay, with all that I just said in mind, let's really define church. Church is a gathering of intentional believers living out life together. Let me define church for you. Church is a gathering of intentional believers living out life together. You can't do church if you're not trying to do life with others. You have to be willing to share your heat. Co, you have to be willing to share your heat God used the local church community to keep individual members saved as the members look out for one another and actively promote the Christian life in one another. And one of the ways, not the only way, we stay spiritually alive is the Bible. Right? We got to be like the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all remember that cartoon, the Ninja Turtles? Anybody remember that cartoon? Love me. Some Ninja Turtles. Cowabunga. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Yes. Y'all remember the ninjas, right? Donatello. Raphael. Am I right still? Am I right? Okay. Micah and Michelangelo. Am I right still? All right. And Leonardo. Man, those were some bad turtles. But their biggest weakness was being alone. They were unbeatable as long as they were together. Which is why that big rat, I don't know who came up with a huge rat, but they had some of Earth's finest herbs when they thought of this. I'm just saying. It ain't no in the world you come up with a big rat. Outside of some, outside of the cosmos. I'm just saying, I'm like, who came up with this big rat being the master? Why, why couldn't be a huge turtle being the master? Whatever. Anyhow, he would tell the turtles this. Family first and family last and nothing in between. And Stretter would beat them. Did I get that right? Okay, whatever, close enough. Stretter would beat them if he could get in between them. But he would get in between them in a few ways. I did my homework. Sometimes he would use their situation to divide them. He was seeing something difficult on one turtle, and that turtle would get frustrated and sometimes leave the other turtles, and all of a sudden he's by himself. And what does Strata do? He pounces on that opportunity. And Satan will allow some difficult stuff to happen. He will allow the wind to blow really, really, really hard. I mean, the kind of stuff that hits you so hard that you can't eat and you can't sleep. Some things that hit you where you say, 10 years ago, I'd have been able to stand against this. But God, I got too much going on. And I got too much stuff that I'm going through. And sometimes we resolve that in our situation that we need to be away from people. And Leonardo leaves Donatello, and when he does that, he leaves himself open when he doesn't have the other turtles to surround him. Because the other turtles are used uh, in his life to, to, to supply something that he needs. We see this in Scripture. Here it is. From whom the whole body being fit and held together by what every joint supplies. According to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. You see, God provides what we need through the body. But when we break the connection, we lose the supply. Watch this now. When I connect with DoorDash, they supply my food. I realize DoorDash is not my source, but the resource God uses to feed me. Come on, y'all know about DoorDash, don't you? Some of y'all got some DoorDash waiting on you right now at the house. I need to connect with the body in order to get the supply that I need to be built up. Understand, God is going to use your brother to supply what you need, Donatello. You need the church. Stop cutting off the church newsflash. God is never going to give up on the church. One pastor said this, a D-church Christian is awesome. Ossie- Uh, uh, oxymoronic as jumbo strip, liquid gas, steel wool, or selfish lover. A deep church Christian should be be as fictitious as a character, as a unicorn, a zombie, a tooth fairy, a troll, or a mermaid. But pastor, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You also don't have to go home to be married. And how is that working out for you? What happens when you stop going home? Tuh. Tuh. That's all I got for you, tuh. You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Eventually, you stop being married. Stop going to church and watch what happens. Eventually, you're going to stop being a Christian. Or you're going to prove that you were never a Christian. Most people stop going to church for silly reasons. Strutter's second strategy was to get the turtles arguing and grumbling. He wanted to turn their fellowship into a complaint party. That's right here how to hit you. He, want, he wanted the turtles to see negative vibes to each other. Next thing you know, Leonardo goes his way, Michelangelo goes his way, and is waiting on them in every way. Part of the reason people don't want to go to church is because church folks are always complaining and grumbling about other church folks. Isn't it something when the turtles start fighting against each other, putting each other down, gossiping? It was supposed to be a positive fellowship, and now it's a negative fellowship. you ever went to a church, and there's just so much negativity. You're like, I don't even need to go to church. (laughs) But here in the Scripture, the Bible says we are to encourage one another. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to encourage each other. Too often church gatherings quickly becomes a complaint party. We talk about all the things we don't like. Now there's a place to voice your complaints. Don't get me wrong. Because we all need that. But when was the last time you encouraged somebody? This is the purpose of our gathering to encourage each other. You don't know what folks are going through. You don't know how many people, that person next to you can be thinking, I want to end it now. And we need to be encouraged more on Sunday mornings than to hear all the complaints and grumbling something happens to us in our souls when brothers and sisters begin to cheer us on, when brothers and sisters begin to encourage us, when brothers and sisters say, brother, you keep on running. Brother, you keep on going. Brother, you don't give up. Brother, you've been a blessing in my life. Let me tell you what you did for me last week. Let me tell you what. God got a calling on your life. God wants to do something with you. We got to start depositing positive stuff into each other's life. I seen it at a swimming Meet with my son. I sure did. I was sitting there, they had me doing the little clock clock thing. I don't, I don't like doing it. I just did it because my is my son. You know, I had to do it. I didn't want to do it. I did it anyway. Here are, I'm clocking. You know, I'm clocking. I don't want to do clocking, but I'm there. I'm there for like two hours to hitting the clock. I wanna do that. But anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm looking for a sermon illustration because that's why I gotta preach. I gotta look for a sermon illustration. So here it is. This one young kid hops in the water. He hops in there. When he gets in there, y'all I get really concerned for the kid. (laughs) I'm not talking about the kid. But I get concerned about the kid because he looked like he shouldn't be in the water. He didn't. I thought that the kid was going to drown. All of the other kids in all of the other lanes had left the kid. Not only did they leave the kid, they lapped the kid. The kid looked like he was ready to stop. And all of a sudden, the room got filled with encouragement from the bleachers and those who were in the pool. And when the encouragement started happening, the boy started kicking, his arms started moving, and all of a sudden, I witnessed that he didn't win alone, he won with the whole room. What I'm trying to preach to you today is that if you would get beside yourself and get yourself out of the way and we start shouting and we start cheering and we start giving up. Worship team is coming back at this And we start praising each other along the way. Those who were supposed to drown will start swimming. Those who were supposed to give up will make it to the end. Something happens when we encourage one another. Friends, I want to encourage you to be an encourager. God wants to use you for more than gossip, for more than complaining. But God wants to use you to help somebody make it to the finish line. Oh, do you know how many marriages? Would have kept on swimming if the church would have started cheering them on. Come on, y'all ain't got to do this alone. We know it's hard. We've been through the same thing. But we got your brother. I'm walking with you. You ain't got to walk alone. You know how many sisters would still be walking in in the church. If the church would have got around them, you ain't got to take care of these babies by yourself. We're going to come along. We know he left you. We know that he abandoned you. But I'm going to tell you that there's a God who doesn't leave you. But I don't want to just give it to you in the theoretical. I want to give it to you in the tangible. So what we're going to do is we're going to get around and make sure that you're all right. Come on, teenager. I know you feel alone. I know you want to drop out of school. I know you want to give it up. But come to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to surround you. We're going to get around you. And we're going to make sure that you get that high school diploma. Because we know that you need an education in order to provide for yourself. What would happen if the church started encouraging one another? Oh man, I know you lost your job, but you ain't alone. They start cheering that young man on, and he made it. What will happen if we lock arms together and encourage one another? I believe. a whole lot of more people will make it to the finish line. You know what those swimmers didn't do? They didn't make it to the end and said, I made it. Now it's your turn. They didn't do that. They said, now that I've made it, we're going to make sure that you make it. That's what you call love. That's what you call stirring one another on. That's what you call provoking one another to good works. And when we do that, magic is going to happen in this place. Something far greater than you have ever imagined. Because when we love one another, it moves the heart. Of God. And no matter how hot those coals are, they did not get hot on their own. There was a fire that came from the outside that lit them on fire. And when we love one another, God comes down like a fire on us, and He'll set this place on fire, and He'll set this city on fire and he'll set your worship on fire. Try him, trust him, and watch him do great and mighty things. I'm done. May God use his word.